0: Welcome back to Awakened Exchanges. I'm your host, Jay Rich, and I want to wish you all a happy holiday season. Uh, no matter what you celebrate or if you don't celebrate anything at all, I appreciate each and every one of you for joining us today. For those that are just joining us this week, I want to give you a very warm welcome to the exchange, and I hope you enjoy this episode as we start our Portal to Ascension series. I truly value all of your new thoughts and energy and hope you continue to join us to, for the new episodes to come. Please remember that if you have any suggestions for topics or guests, I do listen to the listeners and I look forward to hearing from you. So please contact us on our website or you can contact me at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. I hope you're as excited to be here as I am to be back with you guys this week. The first time I tried to record this episode way back in January, Neil Gar and I recorded an amazingly fun exchange. Only to have the audio lost to a failed SD card. Uh, that failed recording turned out to be the last time I recorded an episode of Awakened Exchanges for over eight months. Uh, Neil and I stayed in contact, and when he was starting to want to do promotion for this upcoming Portal to Ascension conference in San Diego, I—that uh, was actually the inspiration to get the exchange back up and running. Uh, since we were planning to fairly long series i wanted to get a few of them recorded before we got this started going so that actually led me to record or release some of the episodes that i did over these last ones the, the late 40s there um which gave him to some divine timing uh because that gave nick hinton and i some recording time for the special 50th episode uh, and then uh that slid this episode to a pleasant holiday gift for all of you. At least I think it is. Um, I think you're going to find Neil fascinating and I can't stress enough how pleasantly surprised I was with each and every one of the interviews that I've done with his guest speakers so far. Um, some of them, I didn't really know what I was expecting getting into him. I hadn't heard of him before. I just, uh, did some research and had a conversation and, uh, Every one of them had very good energy, seemed very genuine, and uh, yeah, I'll let you listen to them. I think you're going to enjoy all of them. Um, I hope you give them a listen as they come out. That said, the last episode, or (laughs) this episode, (laughs) of course, because it's on Neil's, we actually lost a video for a minute or two at the very beginning. I think it's just barely over a minute, Uh, but we got back on track quickly. You'll barely even notice. Um, Back to Neil, though. He's the founder of Portal to Ascension, which organizes and produces content on consciousness-raising topics ranging from true world history, UFO disclosure, ancient structures, alien life, sound work, breath work, and quantum reality. They've hosted a bevy of guests, including a number we've talked about here on the Exchange, such as Billy Carson, Bruce Lipton, Laura Eisenhower, and many, many others. He actually also introduced me and soon some of you here on The Exchange to Ra of Earth, Geraldine Roscoe, Alan Steinfeld, Joan of Angels, Sheila Seppi, and a couple of big surprise guests coming at the end as well. And before I let it drive me insane again, I'm going to address this up front because it already drove me nuts when Neil and I were talking, but the Bruce Willis movie he was talking about is called surrogates. Uh, If you've seen the movie and then hear what Neil says about it, it's an interesting take on how he views the metaverse. Um, I I liked it. Anyway, lastly, I want to thank each of you personally for your support. Just listening and sharing this podcast with your friends gives me a reason to keep providing the best content that I can. If you have the means and would like to contribute personally, please take a look at our Patreon page, where you'll get access to exclusive content and deals. Your personal support there and at Awaken Vapes are currently The what's funding this podcast here? So I truly hope you all know how much I appreciate each and every one of you. As for our other sponsors, Awaken Vapes was the first of the Awaken brands and has been helping you modulate your high with CBD-only high terpene vape products since ringing in the new year in 2019. Magic Mind, a magical combination of ingredients designed to help you improve your energy, focus, and productivity. And Genesis Farms is, of course, still making the highest quality medicinal RSO among many other fantastic products. You can find them in dispensaries here in Oregon uh, or check out their website for their CBD products. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on YouTube, or follow us wherever else you're listening. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know every podcast says that, but it's because it really does help spread the word. You can also support us on patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice we are at awaken exchanges on twitter and at awakened exchanges on facebook and instagram all right now stay tuned and thank you for listening to awakened exchanges
1: I still can't say enough about Magic Mind. They have been nothing but generous and kind since reaching out to us, and when you add good people to a great product, you're certain to have a winning combination. Magic Mind has designed the world's first productivity drink, a morning ritual built to help the creative workers of the 21st century. Magic Mind's science backed blend of matcha, nootropics, and adaptogens work together to get you into that flow state faster all without the anxiety or jitters that can come with caffeine. All you get is the focus and productivity. So what else could you ask for? Well, visit magicmind.co forward slash awake today and learn more about what this elixir can do for you. Better yet, use the promo code awake20, that's awake 2 and get a total of 40% off your first order with that discount code that comes to about $3 per bottle to help bring unbeatable focus and clarity to your life every single day. Next, we have Genesis farms founded on the belief in cannabis's ability to heal Genesis farms is more than a brand. They're a compassionate community of like-minded folks that bring top quality cannabis products made with love and care. You can find their products on the best dispensary shelves across the state of Oregon. Their RSO is the highest, most consistent quality in the state. Their tinctures are second to none. And their personal massage oil will have you and your partner coming back for more. Double entendre intended? Possibly. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram and ask for them in your local dispensary today. You can even learn more about Genesis Farms by listening to Sean on our very own Awakened Exchanges episode number three that brings us to awaken vapes bringing you the highest quality cbd vape cartridges since ringing in the new year back in 2019 i became passionate about cannabis after a car wreck left me with major migraines and western medicine had failed to alleviate the symptoms after about two years a very compassionate doctor decided to ask me if i'd ever smoked cannabis Having only tried cannabis a handful of times in high school and college, it was this off-the-cuff recommendation that made me realize the amazing health benefits that we've been missing out from this wonderful plant. Please visit www.awakenvapes.com today, where we still offer our three custom terpene formulations, but now with an enhanced flavor profile to go along with those original, powerful effects. And don't forget, you can always email us about any wholesaling or white labeling opportunities. Last but definitely not least, the absolute best way for you to help support this podcast would be by joining our Patreon page. There you're going to get access to exclusive content and amazing merch deals, and you truly are the most important part of this podcast. So joining in in the exchange is the absolute best way to become a part of it. Thank you, and I hope to see you all again here in the future.
2: Welcome back to Awaken Exchanges. I'm very excited to be getting back to our core mission today and sharing this wonderful exchange with Neil Gar, the founder to the Portal to Ascension. Welcome, Neil.
3: Jay, so good to be here with you again, brother.
2: Thank you again for joining us. I know that we, uh, we spoke before, but the audience didn't get to hear that because the roadcaster actually uh, didn't save the audio the first time. So... I'm really glad you got to come back on here, and uh, would you mind telling the audience a little bit about you and the portal to Ascension?
3: Yes, definitely. So hello everybody, my name is Neil, and I am the founder of Portal to Ascension. The way it started, I, I guess I'll give you kind of the journey of how I even created it. Um, I was born and raised in England. I moved to California when I was um, 12 years old in around uh, in 1996, oh. and I was raised into a, a Hindu family. So my, um, Pretty much, I was raised like doing all these rites and rituals. You know, I never really had any like when I was doing all these rituals. I was just doing what I was told. I didn't really have any like end end game to what I was doing the praying. Like I wasn't thinking, is there a god on the other side or anything like that? And when things would go bad, that was the only time I really pretty much asked God for help. That's
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, the way it always goes, isn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, being raised um, being raised Hindu, I still celebrated Christmas, you know, um, as a child, and I was told that that um, you know other religions in the world existed because um, uh, because of the culture and the people at that time. So, within Hinduism, if you really look at the the whole cosmology and belief systems, they don't really say that certain religions. Um, are false they just say that they exist for different people so that gave me an opportunity to have really open-mindedness in regards to other religions um one thing i'm really blessed to have had is never been told that my way was the only way being raised right so then as i um when i came to california and i moved you know when i was 12 years old moved out here i started having like all these types of questions i'm like you know um like thinking that things weren't what weren't, weren't the way they could be in the world and that Things were a little off, so when I graduated high school in 2000, and um, you know all of a sudden I'm around all types of different people, and um, listening to various types of music, I started having the question, and it really was foundational was my my upbringing. And the question was, uh, what is the root of all religion, right? And I was thinking what the root of all religion is because as I was being raised, I was seeing that there were so many similarities within the religion I was raised into compared to the other ones? And why do we focus so much on what separates us rather than what unites us when there's so much information there in plain sight about the connection? And, you know, a great example would be Christianity, supposedly, supposedly a monotheistic religion, and Hinduism is pagan religion, and they can't have any similarities to it. But if you <laughs> just look at the life of Krishna and you even look at, I'll give you just one, like, word, like, in the beginning was Brahman right? And where do you hear in the beginning, you know, with <laughs> in the beginning was the word, oh, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so it's Absolutely. like the, the text and uh, was so connected. I went on this search looking for the root of all religion. And as I was doing that, I started finding older texts, older texts, until I finally found the Sumerian scriptures, the seven tablets oh, yeah. of creation. And that was like the beginning, the entrance in 2001, 2002. Um, I found the Sumerian scriptures. I started reading like I had the Quran with me, the Bible, the Old Testament, the Bhagavad Gita, the Sumerian scriptures. I would be reading them all simultaneously, highlighting similarities and really finding that this scripture in the Sumerian scriptures seems to be the source material for most of the religions in the world. And Old Testament is almost verbatim from from this. However, if instead of saying God, we take that out and we replace it with older text that says gods with an S but it doesn't even say gods it says beings from another other planet (laughs) so that's what really started the rabbit hole search and I started looking at all religion from a different lens and being like "Whoa, would these just advanced beings (laughs) that visited earth you know and, and that kind of just kept me going down into that information for eight years until 2008 when I finally created portal to ascension it started as an online group and then eventually um started doing live events in 2008 when I wanted to see if the big community online on Facebook would actually attend events. And then since then we've been picking up momentum. We had a few milestones on the way, but at this point we've become a full on consciousness event production company. We do around 110 events a year. We, um, do like retreats, tours, conferences, webinars, documentaries, and documentaries and the tours we just started last year slash this year. So it's like we're continuously, Looking at every way to get this information out and becoming a multimedia platform for it, and that's that's up to right now, yeah.
2: That's incredible. Um, what do you have going on with the uh, documentary side of things right now? You, I didn't uh, realize you guys were picking that up this year.
3: Yeah, so I am. What we've been doing here, because we're in Shasta, is we've been laying out because with this all these departments in Portal to Ascension, this music studio, that one's um, also something that needs to be created. So with the documentaries, we have the equipment. We filmed ourselves. I've created ten to fifty-minute mini documentaries of. Um, nice. Since I travel full-time, when we go, when I travel, I go to ancient sites because that ties directly into portal to ascension. And then I create little tours and documentaries, like 10, 50 minute ones of those areas. So the Very next cool. step is to um, maybe hire a part-time screenwriter, um, help someone help direct, you know, and I'll be the executive producer, and um, start creating full feature movies like one on star seeds right one of the hybridization program and then also like doing ancient history documentaries through the lens of the cycles of time the yuga cycles because that's a whole other ball game because we've been evolving and devolving in consciousness so if you look at the map of the evolution devolution of consciousness and then you put it with the historic timeline and it kind of paints a whole other picture of who these people were and what they knew so this is something that uh, we're going to go to Mexico, as you know, in a few weeks, and there's a team of three of us going. So we're hoping to start getting the footage and then you know, start creating these documentaries from that.
2: That would be awesome. Uh, I've always been fascinated with things like uh, the Younger Dryas events and uh, exactly. how that could have basically erased our history, uh, you know, starting from scratch again. But we had 200,000 years of history before then that we haven't really, you know, uncovered.
3: Right, right. And if we were going through are you familiar with cycles of time, the yuga cycles at yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit. the young Adryas, so here's like the the Yuga cycle, right? You have like four cycles on one side, four ages on one side, and it's just a mirror reflection. So the young Adryas, we're right here at the bottom, about to come we're on the way back up, right? The young Adryas was pretty much almost exactly the opposite of where we're <laughs> at now. So it was right at the fall, at the beginning of the descending age of the Satya Yuga, which is the golden age. So the the young Adrius and the flood that occurred and some sort of cataclysm, whether it was a solar flare or an asteroid, um, created the flood on Earth, happened to be in the period that was a golden age. So then we see a reset of civilization, and then we see Egypt popping up on the scene. Even though we've been told conventionally Egypt started 10,000 years later, now we're starting to discover, and people we're working with, including uh, Robert Schock, who's going to be at our conference in San Diego in April, Um, we're realizing that Egypt is a lot of places, the Pyramids, the Sphinx, at least 12,000 years old. Some are speculating another 26,000 years on top of that because the reason why that they know is because of the uh, positioning of the stars, right? And every 26,000 years from this, if like tonight in 26,000 years, the night sky is going to be exactly the same. You know what I'm saying? So they're wondering whether it was this cycle or a cycle before that.
2: Well, and the reason they had the 12,500 besides the water erosion and that was the last time the Sphinx could have even yep. had that much water on it was the fact that that's when it was also the last time it was looking at the proper sign in the Zodiac. Yeah, And it was looking at Leo, you know? Right,
3: exactly. And interestingly so enough, Aquarius was right behind it. So <sighs> now Aquarius is in front of it and that's the age that we're going into.
2: It's very interesting stuff out yeah. there and it's just amazing to me that it was you know it's so taboo for them to even talk about you know the fact that right. there is this history that you know we can physically prove there it's been around longer but they just want to ignore it
3: yeah well if we look at the antiquity of humanity and the advancements we had it changes everything we've been told because we've been told that around that time you know especially twelve thousand years ago we were primitive hunter-gatherers right yeah and,
2: stone uh, tools
3: right so we look so it looks like almost i would say that there is some sort of intention and agenda and there are those are no but then many people that just look at society as linearly evolving since the last reset which was you know actually there's probably been a few other resets since then because there was another flood a few thousand years ago um but that major reset was kind of like where we start seeing mainstream science start saying like, oh, well, we were like primitive at this point, and then we started going up. But then there's a few anomalies, like how did Babylon and Egypt just appear to be such an advanced civilization from seemingly, um, you know, agriculture and hunter-gatherer communities? All of a sudden, they have all these advancements. So these things within archaeology are just swept under the rug. So if there's a few anomalies that go against the brain, people sweep them under the rug for two reasons. One could be agenda-oriented, right? They might have a reason for it. And the other one is that a lot of these people will lose their grants if they go against what is conventionally accepted. And then they just went to school for nothing. They can't even work in this field anymore, and everybody will shun them.
2: Well, that's it. It, When it comes down to who's controlling somebody's money, um, the truth becomes a little bit secondary sometimes, and that's something we really need to get people away from for sure. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I know that one of the topics of focus for uh, the portal um, has always been the evolution of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear more about what you thought, what you think about uh, consciousness is whether it's like fundamental or has it been evolving through time? Is it, do we, are we gaining more consciousness as we raise ourselves up? What are your thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, it's interesting. So it's kind of like the way you word it, right? Like, cause so consciousness is everything all the time, everywhere and we are it, right? So what has happened is we have perceived ourselves within a limited frequency of bandwidth, okay? So there's all these vibrations. There's a light spectrum. There's a frequencies. We can only hear 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz, but we know that so many other frequencies exist. And we've now adopted the belief that what we perceive is the only thing that really exists. Even though we can quantify, literally quantum physics, so we can quantify the fact that all these other frequencies of experience exist. We're even using them. We're using ultrasound. You can't even see it, but we can. We use it for all types of things, right? So, yeah. what is occurring now is a re um, is a shift of our belief systems to realize that we are more, and our capabilities are way more than we've been we've been told, and we've come to believe. Uh, when you look at the cycles of time. It also goes hand in hand with galactic weather, solar system, solar system position within our galaxy and certain cosmic rays that has also been proven by mainstream science that hit the planet when we're at certain parts of the galaxy and when we're in relation to certain positions within our photon belt, which is the flat plane of the uh, Milky Way galaxy. So we now have the support of basically the galaxy in order to give us the frequencies needed for us to have remembrance of this so what is occurring is that we're just tapping in uh, if you look at our brains as an antenna right our antenna Mm -hmm. has been tuned to a distorted frequency we've been getting static on the frequency and so what is occurring from the support of the cosmos from information on the planet from the cycles of time from prophecy is that Our antenna is now shifting to another frequency where we're able to receive more information that's been there all the time. And part of that is going to be um, the remembrance of who we are. And remembrance means um, you can remember your past lives, your extraterrestrial lives, but the ultimate remembrance is our own divinity and true potential. Because the human body is a really advanced um, avatar. It's a really advanced technology that we're able to do some miraculous things. So as we start shifting our consciousness and evolving, these things are going to come online, including telepathy, you know, and many other elements. Now, in regards to how we've been evolving and continuously evolving, it looks like from what we just shared in the beginning that we've been going through cycles. We've been coming, we've been devolving, evolving. And when we devolve, we go through this forgetfulness phase of amnesia. We forget who we are, where we come from, all this stuff. And then we're just like like lost ants on the earth trying to figure it out everybody's (laughs) trying to figure it out so now we are shifting back into this other octave i just want to add one more thing to this is now the question is are we in this cycle that's going to continue being a cycle and we're just going to forget again in a few thousand years or are we going to transcend this cycle and have full remembrance and keep evolving for hundreds of thousand years and then go and populate the rest of the galaxy with our hopefully conscious selves at that point right so it's like, that is what it happens to be within this construct right now. That's what the Hope Hopi prophesies is that we're actually breaking free from this cycle. And some people call it the cycle of karma. So I feel like this is something new that maybe has not been done before within these, you know, the cycles that we've been a part of for so long.
2: I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it. It's like, um, consciousness is so tied into perception, um, but what we are perceiving is limited by our faculties right now, uh-huh. and so the the information is all around us and there and available. It's just a matter of uh, yeah, how we get that again, how we receive it.
3: Right, and it's interesting because all information is is in, is in our DNA. The human blueprint of everything is in our DNA, but also in the subatomic particles and non locality. You know, what is quantum computing, for example? <clears throat> it's basically and. non-locality it's basically being able to pull information from another part of the universe from where you're at instantaneously and we're able to actually do this in the lab and even through computers and there is no actual um step-by-step instructions of how this works we just know it does okay yeah so so basically all information is available all the time in the subatomic world which is interesting because we're talking about everything's around us so does that mean that everything around us that is this complete data set of information is actually a reflection of the subatomic particles within that's all the data and then maybe the you know the mirror reflection is the fact that we have it all around us
2: so that kind of gets me thinking about like the holographic universe yeah. and how that can be uh tied into other things like um indra's net and uh mm. you know how those reflections that uh, we're in that hologram, but those different points of the reflection are how we can get those different uh, perceptions as well.
3: Yeah. So we're, we're remembering, and it's all around us, it's within us, and the, it seems that we have a collective set of beliefs that we adopted, and that is kind of the karmic cycle within. So there's, there's cycles within cycles within cycles, and you can even look at it as a uh, as the clogs, uh, clogs within a clock, right? How it's like that, cycle within cycle and then the first cycle is a cycle that seems to be linear which is our solar system cycle which is the um, relation of our earth to our sun which is why we have our linear time right based on our distance to our sun and then the next cycle is the actual cycle of our rotation around the galaxy but as uh, the milky way galaxy the black hole the supermassive black hole and that is really a cycle but as we're doing that cycle we're actually doing Fibonacci spirals up and down like a wave over the photon belt the Milky Way galaxy this is the cycle that most ancient civilizations talk about when they talk about the Central Sun when you hear the word Sun and Central Sun um in many of these ancient scriptures including the Mayan scriptures the Hopis India you know they are actually not talking about the sun in, this, in our solar system. They're talking about the supermassive black hole. That's the central sun, also known as the seat of God, right? The, because it's the entrance to the void. So that's one cycle. So now if we transcend that and go into a higher cycle, is our galaxy going around something else in the center of our universe? And is the universe going around something else within a multiverse And are these all cycles within cycles of cycles that all have their own collective belief systems? So, like, for example, our belief systems in the solar system might only be to beings in the solar system. But then our belief systems um, with other solar systems within our galaxy have the same belief systems within the entire galaxy. Maybe not belief systems, but a set of rules and regulations that we abide by. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like the uh, mechanics of the universe.
3: Right, exactly. So it's almost like these esoteric concepts seem to be actually physically playing out with the rotations that are going on in our galaxy and universe.
2: That's very, yeah, very deep. Just starts to make my mind start to explode (laughs) as I want to get more on there. And uh, uh, that made me think of um, like fractals. Um, Mm -hmm. Parts showing the whole, and the deeper you dive into it, the more that there is there. Um I know that's something you guys have definitely dealt with there as well that along with like the sacred geometry yeah. um and how that how those uh appear in our universe um any idea how that uh sound vibration how those kind of things uh affect our traveling through those cycles or anything
3: Yeah well it's all frequency right so it's all vibration And I don't say like higher or lower at this point, because numbers higher and lower is a human construct. I mean, different ET races or even more advanced civilizations might look at it completely different. So it's, and there are good frequencies that are low, like the Schumann resonance, that's a healthy frequency. It's like seven point something, right? So the best way to look at it is harmonic frequency compared to disharmonic frequency. So we've been at a distorted disharmonic frequency for so long and we're getting to a harmonic vibration. And so the cycles of time are completely connected to that. When we're in the lower, uh, when we're in the lower parts of the cycles, the Kali Yuga, the Dwarpa Yuga, we're in cycles that are very disharmonic. When we go to the higher ones, the vibrations start becoming harmonic. So frequency is everything because everything vibrates. You and I, we're not solid beings. We're vibrating subatomic particles, right? And, there, not only does that show us that everything that vibrates can affect our vibration, right? But it also shows us that what we perceive as physicality really isn't that. And that also goes back to the holographic universe thing. You know, what really are we? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but on November 2nd, which might have passed by the time this airs. Uh, Just barely. Okay, well, they can actually go to our YouTube then. And we're going to do on November 2nd, which is passed at this point is going to be they're reading five panels on extraterrestrial awareness that are going to be for free on youtube and zoom and the last one is called what is the multiverse slash universe and this one we're going to talk about are we a hologram are we frequency what's outside the universe how many universes are there so it's like we're getting into these conversations you know because it's kind of interesting to speculate man like are we in a multiverse is there only one universe right how did the universe even start
2: well uh from past psychedelic experiences as well as a lot of the reading and um meditations i've done things along those nature i can't help but think that there has to be some level of multiverse and how that you know how does that work how does our perception integrate those uh multiple timelines uh branches do they they prune each other out as we connect or as we're coming up i it's a fascinating thought.
3: Right, right. And then, like, yeah, because if there's infinite power realities where every single possibility of what we've done exists, right, and that gets into, like, is there even free will or do we even have the perception of there being free will? As someone told me once it's predetermined free will because basically the universe works on a paradox, so predetermined free will is paradoxical, <laughs> right? And then yeah. it's predetermined because every possibility that you could do exists. But it's free will because every possibility exists so you can do whatever you want
2: <laughs> exactly you're still you're still making the choice but you're making every choice
3: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so uh, our choosing basically shifts us into the dimension in which we made that choice you know um there's a guy daryl Anker who channels Bashar, and he said in one of his channels mm-hmm. that i kind of resonated with he's all, even move because we're all frequency moving the fact that we work out and go to the gym to lose weight is just like um when we're all just vibration you know what i mean like whereas the fact is like like so he was saying and this is why i said that so he was saying that you don't even move right you basically just shift into the dimension where you exist in that place already (sighs)
0: so
3: so we're doing all these things, we're going for a bike ride, all this stuff, but all we're doing, we're not really even moving, we're just shifting to a place where we already existed, but the collective belief system of this linear time is that it's actually real. The only way that we can experience it, we're basically actors on a stage, right? But we're actors that don't right. know we're acting. You know? So so that that is why we're unconscious creators for the most part and living unintentionally because we're actors that don't know we're in a play or in a show. So what the, what the ascension is, this is like the best analogy I found, the, the ascension is us becoming conscious that we're acting, you know, and having fun like with it. That. <laughs>
2: yeah, getting to play.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Now, um, how do you think uh, technology and AI as we're, we're zooming through this stuff here is uh, going to affect that as we move forward into the future?
3: I feel that nothing is inherently evil or bad. I feel that we polarize it ourselves. And it's, it, it, technology is increasing. It's not seeming to go anywhere unless we have some huge solar flare that resets everything. And at this point on Earth, so many people don't have basic skills that we used to have that maybe oh. wouldn't, we wouldn't re, be able to rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: <laughs> If we had something the size of the Carrington event today, I don't know that we would be able to rebuild for right. It'd be decades if we got there
3: right right so like for for AI I feel like if we're going down this path and it continues moving this way it's definitely going to you know be a part of our life and it already is and um so I don't think it's a bad thing I think we need to shift our consciousness so that we can use this technology more consciously and the consequence of that might be when we shift our consciousness you know and what that what does that mean it means doing the inner work to release the traumas to release the um um, the pain and the suffering or and or shifting our perspective around it to realize it's happening for us to have lessons rather than being victim to it, right? And if we all do that and really transcend some of these deep underlying pains, traumas, insecurities, we've shifted our consciousness. And if we get to that point, we can look at things from a place of non-reaction, you know, divine neutrality, and um, and not try to use it for to further insecurities, to create more safety and security because we're afraid of that or we have some sort of paranoia and then we can start using these things for the betterment of all humanity. Whereas right now, where the way the system's created is that these things are created but there are really the multi-level you know, corporations that, that are behind these things are really doing it for personal gain right? and the bottom line. So whether the bottom line to them is to increase their money or the bottom line to them is in order to exert control from it, that is all because we haven't collectively shifted our consciousness to be at a place where we don't even need to enact that on society, right? So yeah. So yeah, my answer is it's going to happen, and that's why I really focus on the spiritual things within portal Ascension, because the only way we can really be the caretakers and adopt these technologies is if we're at the frequency that you know that we can do this more consciously.
2: Well, I know that one of the things uh, I keep hearing about when we talk about AI is um the the extra uh, the extraterrestrial side of things and how um, either we're inviting them in through this AI or how maybe they are um, already part of our AI that we're trying to create uh, yeah. how do you think that that because I know our universe is uh, something that we're just now exploring and getting into and we're talking about the holographic universe and uh, parallel dimensions being basically possibly right on top of us. Uh, do you think that the uh, the aliens are already here and interacting with technology? What's your feelings on any of that?
3: Yeah, I definitely feel ET's are here. You know, not all not all of the ones that have an invested interest in Earth, but I think that they they're here. I think some of them are living amongst us. Um, you know, and. Others are around us, but they're out of phase in a different frequency. I believe some are within the earth that have been here for a long time, the ultra terrestrials. And now if they're using our technology and our AI to infiltrate, like as in like a negative agenda to infiltrate through our AI, I don't even think they need to do that. I feel like there's been a chokehold on this system for so long that they already infiltrated <laughs> it, you know? And like, you know, that goes into the archonic stuff and the ancient information on just um, like the ET information of the fact that we were going through these cycles of time and then there was an infiltration during those cycles of time that made our experience way more darker than it used to be in other ages, right? That's one of the beliefs as well. So I feel the ETs are here, um, in regard, and, but there's also many benevolent beings that are also around us all the time. And it is inevitable that we're ascending. So whether they're going to like take control of our AI or not, I don't think so. But the question is that, is maybe some sort of AI controlling this system of earth as it is anyway, because it seems that we're f- so fractalized from source. And as we fractalize from source, there's all these beings that become conscious that want to create in their own image. Right. And I'm kind of going all over the place. So let me explain it like this. like, No, please. So, cause I'm trying to, I'm, th- this is all coming to me as, as we're talking about it. Cause I haven't really thought too deeply about it. So when it comes to, uh, creation right from from my research from channeling events from looking at scriptures that talk about ancient uh, et stuff it seems that every being that becomes sentient in the cosmos wants to create in their image right it's almost like the initial um blueprint from source source wanted to experience itself infinitely wanted to experience itself from as, as something other than what it is to the infinite level right? And if source is pure light, the opposite of source is complete darkness. So one thing is source fragmented into duality, right? And Mm -hmm. and then duality eventually became darkness and light. And then darkness and light in the lower densities became good and evil. In the higher densities, um, darkness and light doesn't really have to represent good and evil. Within this one, uh, it became that way. However, source birthed what eventually became good and evil, Source didn't, like, it's not like God and Cain and Abel where, like, where, I mean, like, Adam and Cain and Abel where one of the sons was, like, cast out because he killed the other son, right? Source loves itself infinitely and decided to experience itself as duality to experience itself infinitely. So that original blueprint fractalized, fractalized, fractalized so many different ways and so many different beings. Now, as these beings became aware, sentient, the God self in that being wakes up. And when the god self in that being wakes up they want to create in their image so now we're on earth we're in the lowest of dimensions one two three and four right here on earth and now because we're in this dimension and we're sentient we want to create in our image so what have we created with the technology that we have and the limitations we got on this earth computers and what did these computers eventually become ai and now these ais are becoming sentient right and that so this is a this is our destiny is to create and we created and then we kept creating until we can make that creation think and be on its own and do its own thing so why will we even judge that it's we we're doing it based on the tools that we have based on the original blueprint of source and the only reason we're judging it is people are afraid you know like the whole terminator scenario right that they're going to take over stuff. so it's like we got to really we got to really do our own inner work so that we can allow creation to be creation and a good example is you know every single one of these beings are created a lot of them created other dimensions or other dimensions existed and they were at a frequency where they could perceive the dimension and then they created a being in that dimension and then incarnated into that being to have a simultaneous existence and experience while they're in the other dimension right that was the original earth story so Hmm. what is a hard drive it's a it's a disk that has a dimension of information on it because I bet you anything, if you break it open, you're not going to find your Word document fall out of it. You know, so it's like <laughs> We've literally created a dimension with the tools that we have right now. So that's how I see it.
2: That's a very interesting way to look at it. Because uh, um, I've always thought of... Uh, A.I. scientist uh, is feeling a little bit like God, you know, they want to create this thing and, you know, make life out of there and like try and understand our life in that same process. And that's how I always felt like uh, the creator was, you know, when he was creating the universe, wanted to experience, wanted to understand Mm -hmm. itself and the process behind it. It's very uh, it's going to have my brain going all day now. Thanks, Neil. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I know, uh, you only got a, another 20 minutes or so before you have to get on your other call. Um, but you have a big conference coming to San Diego in April. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So I'm excited because you're, you're going to be interviewing a few people from this conference. So everybody, here, wait. everybody here gets to experience them. And so this is a portals to Ascension conference started the live in person. one started in 2018, we did live in Irvine, California, 2019 as well. And then, you know, something happened on the world. So we can we couldn't do it anymore in person. And then, what?
2: COVID? Uh, Some sort of, oh, how dare they?
3: We had missing time. That's all we had. We got. Yes, we got there we go. Missing years. time. <laughs> so we went online and we did like three online. So this is the fifth annual. And now we're coming back to San Diego. So it's a portal to San Diego conference. It's going to, you know, keep... Um, happening every year we're also doing it in glastonbury this year in august so in april oh nice yeah so we're gonna hopefully these two continue and then every year we might pick up another city in three year year four a year you know so the san diego one is at the marina village conference center april 21st 22nd 23rd and we have um, speakers like linda Moulton howe robert edward grant who's a next level sacred geometry and ancient civilizations guy he used to work with Asim we have um, JJ and Desiree Hertak that are scholars of ancient Egyptian information. Plus there were also uh, assisted um, Ellen Heidnig for Project Blue Book uh, back in the day as well. Wow, we yeah. have Barbara Lamb, who's the world's like literally best hypnotherapist when it comes to regressing people to extraterrestrial lives. All right? So we got her. Uh, we have amazing music. So this event is basically a celebration of, of humanity. And the theme is humanity awakens. So it's not like, let's awaken at this point it's like it's game time we're waking up let's come together share our resources so there will be three days of like incredible music right so it's an experience basically the way our um the way our journey um the way our conferences are it's like an educational theater (laughs) you know it's like like because i love like just like constant amazing entertainment and just flowing from in one thing to another so we'll have like um, breath work and movement things in the morning we'll get into a lot of information we'll have music sound healing events after parties kirtan band you know djs so it's going to be a really great experience and we're overlooking the marina we're five minutes from SeaWorld, so we're literally just overlooking the ocean so it's a really beautiful venue and it's a beautiful time of year in san diego so i invite oh, yeah. everybody you know to come out and check it out and if you can't attend live you can watch the live stream but really, if you can come out, like, please do, because this is going to be like, we really need, I'm realizing more than ever because of COVID is that we really need that connection. And there is some sort of, you know, intention out there to create us as digital versions of ourselves, you know? And so the, so having these moments where we get to connect with each other, give each other hugs and have conversations, I feel are really important. So it's going to be cultivating that experience, plus just a lot of great information and, and beautiful people there.
2: Uh, you got into the digital selves, and I want to ask you a little bit on the metaverse. But before I go there, uh, have you been to uh, Oregon Country Fair by any chance?
3: No, I haven't. Is that in Eugene?
2: It, uh, just outside of Eugene, yeah. uh, in Veneta. Yeah. Started in um, the 60s, actually. uh the warlocks uh the house band that became uh the grateful dead uh, oh. was doing music for them and they have this festival out there most yeah. years they didn't the first live one again this year the 50th anniversary was right before covid so that was the last one that i went to yeah. but it's very much uh like that it's this music everywhere uh food and interaction and uh education and a whole bunch of things that just really uh, lit up and made me think, maybe you need to go there one of these days. It yeah, I've been there a few
3: times. And I stayed in Eugene a few times. And I stayed, you know, when you get off in Eugene and go to the coast, there's a I stayed at mm, a farm Yeah, I didn't go there before. So a lot of people told me about it, but I've never gone. I
2: it's- think uh, it's right up your alley. I think you'd really enjoy that if they do one. It's going to be probably in July. Okay, okay. So, uh, um, but uh, Metaverse and Digital Selves, um you got me thinking on that a little bit what what are your thoughts on this i know some people are really excited about uploading their consciousness and seeing if they can live as a completely digital self but uh i'm not so
1: sure
3: so it's oh man okay so it's it's just so interesting the way the humanity works and how it's like this original blueprint of humanity of the source that we're distorting because of polarity you know and what is the metaverse it's a dimension that we're able to incarnate into. So David Ike just came out with a new book called The Trap. right? And he's okay. been doing some really great interviews and it's, it's really his best work. Um, and um, so within this, he talks about how there's a simulation. And I've been saying this for a while too, that there's a simulation within a simulation. Okay, And I would say that, for example, all the jobs and most 90% of all the work we do in the world have nothing to do with us being able to like have a beautiful planet to live to cultivate relationships is just a fake system that we created that we're buying into and clocking in clocking out of that really doesn't need to yep. exist if we just reframe our perspective of what it means to be human right and so that is a system within the system and then so there so he's saying the metaverse is a simulation within a simulation within a simulation every simulation that they've put upon us we've waken up from so okay. they they're basically attempting to create an inception version of ourselves that we get so fragmented from the original source of who we are just within this third dimension not higher dimensions that we everything seems so foreign to us because they've created these simulations so when we step out and just be cuz what is the third dimensional experience getting out into nature and just being here but you're still on this planet you have that available now right yeah when you create such a something that seems so uh, non like organic and you're st- stuck within. It's it's really separated you from who you r- truly are. So the metaverse, in my opinion, has been created in a way for us to basically be more lost within this illusion. You know, and yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that because everything else I say beyond that would be speculation. <laughs> <So> I gotta <laughs> see what happens.
2: <laughs> well, I can definitely I see your point though where. We already get lost enough in our daily lives here that yeah. we're not that it takes significant effort to consciously wake ourselves up and right. you know explore what we need to here you give us another level that we can go and lose ourselves into right. and you you stop exploring those those higher frequencies you stop trying to wake up
3: Right right yeah I mean the body needs movement interaction connection um, a cognitive abilities from um, connecting with people and being touched in the body and skin you know um, I don't know if you remember that movie with Bruce Willis where it basically was a metaverse you know what I'm talking yeah. about uh,
0: God.
2: Uh, was it I'm trying to think of which one of what it was called um,
3: but he was, had like the body that he could go yeah so um, most of the yeah. time you think that they're like in the beginning you, you don't know that it's a separate life and existence but he's like all polished up amazing person everybody loves him and then he's just like some dude in a room with virtual reality goggles that is like decaying because he's not moving around or you know wanting to leave like these individuals are the ones that created the algorithms to um to what's it called exploit our addictions you know and uh, and to utilize technology that they know will make us more addicted to use their technology that's what facebook does so instagram does that's what mcdonald's does you know like they all put yeah. these in there that they know are going to like just pull us into it more so to think that they want to create a metaverse to, for us to go into and then they want us to only use it just a part of the time isn't the case these guys have unlimited funding and marketing to be able to convince people to really be in this and this be their world right so that gets yeah. the intention behind it the intention behind the metaverse i don't feel is for humanity It's for the bottom line of whatever they really want, whatever their agenda is, whether it's money or whether it's to corrupt humanity's soul, you know?
2: Wow. I, yeah, I think that's, I know you were talking about how they're already trying to create digital copies of us and, you know, using that basically as a way to get us to buy even more stuff that we don't want or need. And uh, uh, by Diving headfirst into this metaverse, we're basically giving them even more information and more ammunition to keep us grounded here.
3: Right, exactly.
2: Uh, well, I I'm just curious on a personal note. Uh, are there any of the uh, the speakers at the conference that you're really looking forward to?
3: Yes. Okay. Let me just pull it up then.
2: Because I have to admit, as soon as I saw Robert Shock on there, I I had read. Um, fingerprints of the gods when it first came out with um graham hancock. Uh, graham hancock and it was him and robert shock and it was i think it was robert shock who was uh gave him the information basically saying there's no way this water erosion could have been there that kind of a deal and so i i when i heard he was going to be there that was the first one i was like all right i gotta hear him speak so
3: yeah so you know the way i do my events is i pretty much just pull people that i'm really excited about <laughs> so <laughs> i'm excited about everybody but robert shock i mean i love robert shock he was at my 2019 conference too not okay. only is he like a great researcher and really changing you know the true timeline of history with his information but he's one of the sweetest kind of souls i know so he's just really beautiful person so i'm excited to have him there for his energy, his information he's done a lot more research in the last three years since You know, the last presentation he did three years ago on Portal to Ascension was on the erosion around the Sphinx and all of that. So now I'm hoping he's going to, well, I know he's going to go a little further with that. So I'm excited for him. We have Carolyn Corey. Are you familiar with her? A little bit. So she created a few documentaries. The first one was on um, UFOs and quantum physics. Second one was on super, it's called Superhuman. And basically the science behind the fact that we are able to tap into human, um, superhuman abilities, you know, when it comes to our consciousness and vibration and all that. And then our last one just came out and it's doing very well. Um, uh, William Shatner's in it, Michio Kaku's in it, and which is pretty cool because this is the first time they've ever come over to a UFO documentary. And yeah, she took them out and did studies with them with like, like the movie, it's a tear, a tear in the sky, it's on Amazon. And the documentary okay. has, um, like they have they're in catalina island and they're also on the coast of like orange county and they have like i don't even know like 20 to 30 different types of sensory things in order to sense the like whole night sky to see if there's any anomalies because this is where some of the ufo sightings from the navy pilots had occurred that were released a few years ago and then she brings the navy pilots that reported it a few years ago that got shunned and left their jobs and positions um, because of how much um um how much judgment they were getting for the fact that they came out with this information so she's there william yeah. Mishokaku, these navy pilots and the anomalies happen again they film a, a portal they see UFOs like it's all types of amazing things so she's gonna be there basically talking about the documentary because this um, her really this documentary is the next level of any uFO documentary it's really proving that this existed they were like well let's go to one of these sites where all these sites were occurring let's get every type of like they probably spent a couple hundred thousand on the sensors like it was like state-of-the-art stuff man Uh, let's spend not let's not um let's spend as much as we need for every sensor that we could possibly get to see if there's any type of activity and then they recorded so much activity there and then they did the whole entire thing about it yeah, that's so, just that's impressive yeah yeah so you um i'm gonna have to d- give
2: that a watch before yeah. i get there yeah
3: you're gonna i think um, we have her for you to interview too right so you can watch it first i think
2: i was gonna say i think uh, i i think she's on the schedule in the next week or two so yeah, yeah looking forward to that
3: so linda hamilton Howe, uh, go ahead
2: oh i was just gonna say yeah linda i, I i've uh third-hand interactions with her a couple of times but i'm I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what she has to say too please tell please tell the audience a little bit more about her i don't know if they've yeah.
3: so how much they know she was miss iowa i think it was like in the 70s or 80s and then she became a journalist and now she's basically she's a journalist within the ufo community and she's just her information is really great she's such a thorough researcher she um ask some amazing questions to the people you know, and she has a channel called Earth Files on YouTube and I recommend everybody tuning in, check her YouTube out Earth Files and um, she's doing weekly streams there that are really great production that are going over and giving you updates on all the things like basically if you had a actual journalist following all the information coming out neutrally and then connecting the dots, um, she's probably the best one for that and her channel is produced really well so that you get, really get a good visual experience from it so she's excited to come because, um, from all of the whistleblowers she's talking to and some insider information, that there is something, another milestone event happening at the end of March, beginning of April, in regards to the disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence. And some of the transmitters say that the announcement that we're not alone in the universe and there's extraterrestrial life visiting our planet is basically what they're expecting so you know i'm not into dates or making any predictions but she's definitely excited because from everything that she's tracking has her finger on the pulse of something's going to occur so she's going to her intention is to speak about the updates at the event
2: oh that's yeah that'll be happening right along with the event so that would be breaking news very cool to hear and with her i mean like you said she's was she started on the journalist side of things you know and uh I think it was uh, the '80s when she uh, first broke into the the UFO stories and kind of made a name for herself, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, exactly. So she's been doing this for a long. Oh, time. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just say a couple other people I'm excited about: Adam Apollo. Yeah. I really like Adam. Been working with him for years, and he's just he basically through astral travel, he's and other types of experiences, remote viewing. He's visited hundreds of planets. He's like um, an encyclopedia of E.T. planets, civilizations, and races, what's on the planet, what they do, how they eat, how they live, what their technology is. And it just comes Mm -hmm. out of him effortlessly. Like, he's experienced it firsthand. So we've done presentations with him on galactic races, like seed races, the ones that have gone around and seeded planets, including our Earth. We've done ones on galactic technology. So he's coming there. He's called he. Uh, he's called the Galactic Ambassador. So he's going to come there and basically give us a really cosmic experience. Like, I'm not sure exactly what he's going to get into, wow. but everything he shares is golden. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And let's do one more person. All right, I'm just going to. Yeah, please. Here. Someone that people may not have heard of, which is a musician. So Larissa Stowe, she's going to be there. And she's OK. Have you heard of her at all?
2: Uh, I think only through the portal.
3: Okay, yeah. So she is like amazing Kirtan vocalist, and she's bringing a whole band there. So that is not only an experience where, you know, you can dance, you can sit, um, but the the way she sings is just something that just penetrates your soul and you just feel it in your heart. So we're going to have an after party on Saturday night, and Adam Apollo is going to be DJing, doing like some galactic um, DJ set, and we really cosmic Very cool. Now. And then we're going to go into Larissa Stowe. so it's going to be a great experience for everybody. Uh, please, please, if you're able to make it out, you know, April next year. The website is ascensionconference.com. Ascensionconference.com.
2: And we'll be including links in the show notes as well. Uh, please check them on out. Uh, I know that I'm trying to be there as well. I uh, I think I just got uh, the travel approved, so I think it should be all set. I'm going to gonna come be up down it. there. I am, yeah. Yes. I'm going to be down there and get a, actually spend the the uh, the conference with you guys.
3: Yeah, man. Come hang out, or if you want, you can interview people. Whatever you want to do, you know.
2: I think a, a little mix of both. Maybe do some uh, some brief on the spot interviews. Little, you know, little things cool. here and there. It'll be fun. Yeah. Share share for the people who aren't able to come and join us.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: Well, I know you have got to get going here pretty quick. Any last words of wisdom you want to share?
3: I'll just say that, you know, as the, as the world looks chaotic around us and we see all of this, um, these challenges and the division happening, I'm hopeful. The, the reason why I'm hopeful is that I see that the more chaos, the more challenges that we get, the more people are waking up to the truth. That a lot of the things that are occurring on the planet that might have nefarious agendas are actually having a, a, a backfiring. That people are waking up from it. So it, it's inevitable. The cycles of time prophecies said that we're waking up. But part of the waking up experience isn't just waking up into a world of unicorns. It's experiencing the challenges and the darkness and the depth of duality we need to remember our true divinity. Because what happens in this world of amnesia is the only way you can remember the light when you have amnesia. Because if you don't have amnesia, you remember it. The only way to remember the light is to experience the contrast. So we've been in this world of darkness for so long, and it's time for us to shift our perspective around it and stop being the victim to the darkness occurring to us, and start being the creators of our own experience. You know, and it's easier said than done, but then it just goes back to really doing your own inner work. Really, just looking at what triggers you, why it does that. You know, um, connecting with people to make you feel good, meditating, things like this. So. It's inevitable. We're getting there. Whether you want to go kicking or screaming, or you want to go as a conscious creator, is <laughs> completely up to you. And that's why we're doing the events that we do. So if you feel like you need some support, or you know, you know, you need a community, because you might be somewhere in the world where you might not even have that opportunity, you know, join portalsattention.org. We have three thousand hours of free content curated for you, right? In a way that if you're waking up or already awake, it can really help support you. So yeah, please do check it out. I just want to give everybody my gratitude for letting me speak today. That's
2: well, thank you again, Neil. And I hope that people realize the way we get through this is facing those hard things, you know, mm-hmm. those challenges you can't back down from, and realizing that we have the support of people like you, of, of our friends and our family on this planet, whether we've met them or not yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, I'm really grateful to have you on here and sharing those the, the vibrations with everybody.
3: Thank you, brother. appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you all again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Exchange. I want to once again thank Neil Gar for joining us and sharing such fascinating ideas, not to mention a bevy of future guests last but most certainly not least i want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners you are the reason i continue to make these podcasts and keep trying to spread the word about these amazing awakened vapes please tell your friends about us follow us on spotify subscribe on youtube or wherever else you're listening and please leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts every podcast says that because it really does help with visibility you can also support us on patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice we are at awakened exchanges on facebook and instagram and at awaken exchanges on twitter thanks again for listening to awakened exchanges and have a blessed day